106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hi, my name is Zachary. Before I speak, I would like to take a moment of silence and give thanks to the Pakachikawaka tribe that really owned this land before I had the privilege to speak on it. It was a wonderful people. They loved laughing, dancing, and making jewelry before they were um, beheaded, slaughtered, and buried alive. Uh, my preferred pronouns are he, ha, ho, hu, hm, ziza, ze, zip, zap, za, papa, wa which was the indigenous pronouns, and of course, bra. Um, I'm feeling grateful, scared, happy, nervous, anxious, confused, and ambiguous. Uh, my trauma is PTSD. I have social, general, non-specified anxiety, uh, depression, low grade, middle grade, and high grade. My trauma healing involves cognitive behavioral therapy. I have a service dog, and I have a service hamster for my service dog. Because you hear intelligent people from both political parties or in the middle, conservatives and liberals, and they all seem to have different answers as to what is going wrong in the country. Some people say, well, let's let the government spend billions of dollars. And then some other people say, no, no more federal spending. Uh, let's give the tax rebates. And the other intelligent people say, no tax rebates. We've got to do this and do that. So everybody is confused. Uh, how, how do you see the thing? What, how are we going to get out of this? Well, uh, Johnny, I think that one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. A moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but right. low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles, and we're better off than any other people on Earth. And we've asked so much of government, and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss it. One of the things you've been talking about on your show is your allegation that government officials are aiding in pedophilia, child trafficking, and the grooming of children, right? Well, you mean like what Jeffrey Epstein did with the Clintons? I think that uh, it's really a fulfillment of a dream that we had together with my leadership team when we started in 19. Uh, the first week we met, in January of 19, in California, and to set up the goals for the next five years. And one of them was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world by 50%. I think today, this dream is becoming a reality. Why are you still wearing a mask? Because I'm still concerned about COVID. You're still concerned about COVID? Why? Because... I am. It's real. If you've been watching the news, Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, who's Joe Biden's wife, got it yesterday. You know that the paper mask won't prevent you from getting COVID? Because look, look how thin it is. Like, COVID will get through that. No, I didn't.
All right, this is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode number 186, and to appear on October 22nd, 2022. Thank you for listening. Uh, A few ways to get a hold of me. You can reach me by phone or text at 530-713-1838. I'm on the left coast, California, northern Uh, You can also reach me by email if you want to send me something, forward me something, tell me something that you want to write out. NoHostagesRadio.com is my email. Uh, Excuse me, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. That's L-O-U at NoHostagesRadio.com. The website.com, NoHostagesRadio, is where we post all of our episodes as well as some articles that I write if you're interested over there. You might be interested in a live show we do also on every Saturday at KMYC, 1410 a.m. You can go on that website, KMYC, 1410 a.m., click on live, or you could go to 365 live. And uh, no, it's live365, sorry, live365.com. Click on radio, put in KMYC. You could listen live uh, from 10 a.m. in the morning till 1 in the afternoon. We cover some similar topics, sometimes same, not same all the way through, but uh, it is live, so it's a little different. If you're interested, I know that's a lot to listen to. So this show, if you're new, is go uh, is six 20-minute talk segments with some uh, clips in between that are educational. I spend a lot of time researching clips that might be helpful to you. Uh, to hear from people that are smarter than I am. So uh, that's what's going on here. Uh, I want to mention for those that are in the local area here of Yuba Sutter counties that the Sutter Yuba Republican Women Federated, their next meeting is November 17 at 11.30 a.m. So basically it's a lunch meeting. They're going to conduct that meeting at Pizza Roundup. That's in... in, uh, Marysville. So they, since they're a Sutter, Yuba, that's two counties. Since they're two counties, they're meeting sometimes in Sutter County, sometimes in Yuba County, sometimes up in the foothills of Yuba County. This one's in the flatlands at 2004 Covalod Street, what they call East Marysville, 2004 Covalod Street, Marysville, California. And uh, you can reserve a spot for that event by going to syrepublicanwomen, plural women, dot com, and let them let them know what you're up to. Or if you don't have a website, I mean, excuse me, a uh, a way to get to a website, you can dial up five three zero six three two six one nine five five three zero six three two six one nine five. We're trying to. Uh, develop that organization into a strong conservative organization not only women uh, can attend the luncheons but men uh, can also they're welcome and men can be uh, members even though it's a women's organization Uh, they they allow that so um, I don't know the agenda but that's uh, we'll probably be talking more about that later but it's November 17th that will be after the election, uh, the first meeting after the election, 2004 Kovalod Street, East Marysville. It's right out by Kynock Elementary School, if that helps you. Okay? All right. I also want to mention uh, one of my favorite things to do is to go to dramas 
at the Creative Light Theater, which is hosted at the Embassy Theater on Church of Glad Tidings Campus at 1179 Eager Road, north of Yuba City in Sutter County. Creative Light Theater, they're putting, they put on two or more plays each year. They usually have one in the spring, and then they have one in the wintertime, right about coming into Christmas season. So this one is called Comfort and Joy. It's December 9 through December 13th. Every night, December 9 through the 13th, and it's 7 p.m. each night. It's free. You do not need to procure a ticket to get there, to get in. Sometimes they do that just to manage the crowd, but it's 1179 uh, Eager Road again. That's right off Highway 99 or off Live Oak Boulevard. Eager Road runs between the two uh, north of Yuba City. And it also it always has a, a family theme. This isn't going to be a transgender storytell hour or a stripper hour or anything that you would see in the public school system or the government schools. This is a family theme. There'll be refreshments there that you can tap into if you like. It's just a fun kickback night uh, with a good message. So the message is uh, set up during the uh, Civil War. It says the Wright family with their four daughters are celebrating the most magical Christmas of all because or before the oldest leaves the nest to be married. Jump forward 17 years, the Civil War's in full swing. Husbands and cousins and servants are all fighting for the Union. Christmas looks different now. No decorations, no presents, no celebrations for the children of our girls. And um, But what, we, what they do have is family, love, and traditions that recall the most beautiful gift of all God's Son, born for all men and women, the pure heart of Christmas. This original musical will stir hearts with the power of love and family when life becomes overwhelming and self-care is vital to carrying on. Self-care is kind of a new concept we have nowadays, right? So if you feel like you've kind of been, been uh, bruised up the last two to three years because of government uh, improprieties during COVID, uh, this may be a real uh, opportunity to have a little healing and a little joy little happiness and uh, kind of a coming together with your family. And uh, so I want to mention uh, Tom Sowell, the amazing 80-some-year-old economist, says, No nation ever protested its way from poverty to prosperity or got there through rhetoric or bureaucracies. I was just talking to somebody in the government today about an article I wrote about BLM that the newspaper editor was so afraid of running, uh, but I was exactly correct. It was a fraud, BLM, Black Lives Matter, totally a fraud, and uh, Antifa, and uh, that's what they did is they burned, they pillaged, they extorted money, and they all expect to get prosperity and for the government and the, the country to thrive there, thereby. It's a fraud. I was uh, looking at some different items to uh, discuss today, and I ran a, across, and I thought I marked it correctly, but maybe I didn't. I ran across uh, a quote by a guy. I thought, I think I talked to that guy years ago. His name's Roger Hell or Helly, H-E-L-L-E, Roger Helly. And you may not know him. I don't know how 
well-known he is. I met him through a group called Vets with a Mission following the Vietnam War. And, uh, and I don't know whether he's still involved there or not, but he's involved in all kind of ministry thing. He uh, served in Vietnam. I'll tell you some of his service uh, credentials. But this quote uh, says this, It grieves my heart to see friends who say they love God and are Christians, but vote for people who do not have the same values they do, people who actually work to destroy all we value and cherish. Even worse are those who don't vote at all. And I thought, oh, I wonder where they picked up this quote from Roger Helley, or Hell, however you want to say it. So uh, I, I went to look at Vets with a Mission. They still have a, uh, a website. Looks like an, it's an active website. In fact, they have a, a team uh, leaving for Vietnam in this next week or so, or maybe they're on their way over there now. They send over construction and medical teams to help people there. Medical uh, care is very poor in Vietnam. So many of these uh, people are going over our veterans of the Vietnam conflict. And uh, so after I looked at the website and sent them an email to see what they're up to, because I'm up to something over there and I wanted to uh, tag team with them if we can. So I went uh, to Roger, Roger Hell or Helly Ministries. He's got a page and it says Roger Hell, Helly Ministries. Uh, Roger was born in October 2, 1947, in Toledo, Ohio. He was raised in a dysfunctional family. He and his twin brother, Ron, both joined the Marine Corps in 1965, right after high school. He served as an infantryman in Vietnam, a drill instructor, and a criminal investigation division person, uh, investigator, while he was in the Marines. Uh, uh, he served three tours there in Vietnam. He is a recipient of the Bronze Star Medal with Combat V, three Purple Hearts, uh, and other decorations. He was medically discharged in 1971 after nine months recovering from a near fatal wound from near fatal wounds. Um, and uh, he's written some books that you you can find him on Amazon.com or one of these other places. But he had, uh, the, the reason I think this came to attention was a guy named Mark Alexander has a Patriot uh, column, uh, saw this article that Roger Helley wrote, and I wanted to pick up on it and comment about it. He says, who, the title is, Who Pushed the self, Self-Destruct Button? And um, he says, we keep sending the same people back to Washington, D.C. to represent us which for the most part doesn't happen. And then he goes on to tell a story, a parable, or maybe it's a story that actually happened to him. He said, every day Tom showed up for work on his construction job. Every day at noon, the workers would take their lunch break. Tom would sit down, open his lunchbox, and pull out his sandwich. Every day Tom would look at the sandwich and complain, peanut butter sandwiches, peanut butter sandwiches. I hate peanut butter sandwiches. After weeks of this, one of the men finally said to him, why don't you ask your wife to make you something different? Tom replied angrily, leave my wife out of this. I pack my own lunch. Well, we laugh at this example, uh, Roger says, but this, but if we put it into the context of what's happening to our country, we like Tom 
are doing it to ourselves like peanut butter sandwiches. Election after election, we keep sending the same people to Washington, D.C. to represent us, which for the most part does not happen. I'm talking about both parties. The congressmen and senators who seem to be fighting for our country's future are vastly outnumbered by do-nothings. And by, by the way, we're out here in Northern California, and we got Doug LaMalfa back in Congress. We got Jim Nielsen as our local senator here in California. We got James Gallagher. These are the three musketeers of do-nothings. Roger goes on in the next paragraph to say, election after election, we whine and complain and nothing changes. What is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again each time expecting something different to happen? And it grieves my heart to see friends who say they love God and are Christians but vote for people who do not have the same values they do. People actually work to destroy all we value and cherish. Even worse are those who don't vote at all. I believe there are two reasons for this. So I'm going to offer my opinion, and when you get to heaven, you'll see I was right. First, far too many Americans believe the news sources they listen to regularly. To quote Denzel Washington, if you don't read newspapers, you're uninformed. If you do read newspapers, you're misinformed. You're too lazy to do, we're too lazy to do our due diligence checking how our elected officials vote. We believe what we hear. How can anyone trust the mainstream media after how it blatantly lied to us for years? There's, there's not enough space to hit even a few of the major scandals that have turned out to be media lies and misinformation. When media gets it wrong, they rarely go back and, and fix it. Why would we trust them to tell us the truth? The media simply spouts the left's narrative that half of America is evil, racist, homophobic, transphobic, blah, 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 blah. Are we tired of this yet? Ever since Obama entered the Oval Office to question everything the left does makes you a racist. The other reason is directed to those who simply never show up to exercise a freedom that free nations on earth have, that few nations on earth have as we do in America, and that is voting. That's the freedom. Are you listening to the polls that are pretty much saying, don't bother to vote, your candidate's going to lose. Worse, you feel the system is beyond saving, so why bother voting? That's why more leftists than ever are in office today, because you're, you've believed a lie. For the millions of Christians who have stayed home for the past few election cycles, over 20 million actually, your vote will make a difference. Even if half of you show up on November 8th, we will turn the tide. It's something to think about. So that's a great article by Roger Helley. By the way, if you're interested in going to Vietnam with vets in a, with vets with a mission, you can look them up. You can just uh, do a Google search, do vets with a mission. And I think it's vetswithamission.org is the exact address. But uh, they got a good website. And just click on all the menus, and, and uh, it's pretty moving. They do a lot of heart surgeries. Uh, they do a lot of uh, tricky-type surgeries to change people's lives in Vietnam. And uh, there's a number of guys. I think a guy named Chuck Ward runs it. I emailed him actually earlier today to see what's up, see whether we can help them at all because we're going over there. They're going over there. They used to go over there two or three times a year. We go over there 
outside of COVID times, we go over there two, two or three times a year as well. We're going to leave and take a team at the end of November and be gone about 12 or 13 days. So, uh, and they, they will have just been coming back from there. They, they got an 18 day trip going with their medical people and their construction people and all that kind of stuff. So pretty impressive. My friend, Bill Kimball, back in 1988, I remember the day he told me he was going to launch vets with a mission and he did it. And, uh, he turned it over to different leadership in 2000, 2000, I think after 1988, 1988 start, you can read the history there, seeing the photos and all that kind of stuff. That's with the mission.org. They can also use your donations and they are a lean and mean organization. They don't have a bunch of high powered, high funded, richly rewarded board members. They're all servant hearted guys and gals that are giving their life. In fact, some of them have actually moved to Vietnam and live there on a pauper salary. So, uh, if you're new to this show, we have a bunch of folks that, uh, don't like us, so they don't help us. And then we have a bunch of people that do like us, and and some of them help us. And I want to give them uh, some honor and some respect and some notoriety because they're out there earning a hard living. And one is uh, the YS Junk Angel. That's Ira and Gina Burroughs. They're picking up all the garbage and all the trash and moving uh, waste and uh, appliances and getting rid of all the stuff, cleaning up America one property at a time. Ira was a uh, San Francisco firefighter fired because he wouldn't take the jab. So they're filling in income by moving people's junk. So you can reach them very easy by text or call at 530-329-3113. And they're quality, wonderful people. They have raising five kids here in Yuba County. 530-329-3113. YSJunkAngel.com. And also, uh, Izzy Garcia, Israel Garcia, runs Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. He is a Marine, a veteran Marine, served overseas, risked his life for you and me, and uh, we should use him if we can. If we need any backhoe work or excavator, that's Little Billy's. That's a text or call 530-300-6010, 300-6010. He's based in Yuba County, but he'll travel throughout Northern California and he will do you right and do a job that you'll be proud of. So whether you need to, to dig a hole, fill in a hole, flatten something, build a mound, he can do it all, and uh, and he'll do it and and uh, treat you right. All right, then we have, uh, I'll try to get this in, All Power Services. That's, that's Will uh, Fanning and Josh James, and they're fixing anything that has to do. A friends of mine said, hey, we're taking our jet skis over there that need some repair, that they fix everything that has power to it that's broken or it's not running right all power services text or call 530-844-0347 they are located here in yuba city at 1469 stewart road that's right off highway 99 going towards the buttes you can also email them at all power 1469 at gmail.com all power 1469 they can fix everything big rigs small rigs recreational rigs, lawnmowers, weed eaters, chainsaws, wheelchairs. They fix everything. And they're also uh, steel fabricators. So if you need some extensions built on your truck or hitches or things that you you need to build a uh, equipment rack on your truck or something for your business, whatever you want with steel, they they got it down. Uh, They've done a lot of steel work for me. 
they built a gate. They've done all kinds of stuff that uh, I needed for different volunteer projects, and uh, they're all always into helping. So All Power Services, 8440347. They even helped a friend of mine fix his crane that was hanging up over a person's house. And uh, no one else wanted to do it, but Will went over there and fixed it. We'll be right back and uh, do our second segment. I want you to know none of this is uh, personal. What you do, what you become is not my concern. The world is full of so-called men like you. And in a perfect world, everything we do comes with a price. But this ain't a perfect world. People do bad things. You're lucky you get a chance to set it right. But most of the time, it goes unpunished. This ain't one of them times. The mistake you made was you killed my friend. So I'm going to kill each and every one of you. And the only disappointment in it for me is that I only get to do it once. This is that message to you, the unvaccinated. Even if I were pollinated and fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for withstanding the greatest pressure I've ever seen. From partners, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and even doctors. People who are capable of such personality, courage, and critical ability are undoubtedly the best part of humanity. They are everywhere, in all ages, levels of education, states, and ideas. They are of a special kind. They are the soldiers that every army of light wants to have in its ranks. They are the parent that every child wants to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are beings above the average of their societies. They are the essence of the people who have, well, built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there, next to you. They look normal, but they are superheroes. They did what others could not. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone. And they believed that, well, they were the only ones. Banned from their families' tables at Christmas, they never saw anything so cruel. They lost their jobs, let their careers sink, had no more money, but they didn't care. They suffered immeasurable discrimination, denunciation, betrayal, and humiliation, but they kept on going. Ever before in humanity has there been such a casting. Now... We all know who are the best on the planet Earth. Men, women, young, old, rich, poor of all races or religions, the unvaccinated, the chosen of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when everything collapsed. That's you. You passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commandos, Green Berets, astronauts, and even geniuses could not withstand. You are made of the stuff of the greatest who ever lived. Those heroes born among ordinary men who glow in the dark. Remember, you're the voice. And it's time to make it count. I'd like to begin my comments tonight by reading a quote, which in essence is the genesis 
of all of this Black Lives Matter social justice CRT conversations we're having in our country today. Quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, close quote. Colin Kaepernick, August 2016. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. Both my parents are black, all four of my grandparents are black, all eight of my great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours and I check into hotels and I fly commercially and I walk into retail establishments and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity and respect literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things, their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. That is all. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children. And putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism, it's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves, and let's keep living the life of the country that we are. Thank you. Alrighty, let's move on. By the way, thanks a lot for listening. I want to encourage you that there's a lot of places if you're try, you got your kids back in school and you're. I just saw where uh, the CDC, after saying you don't need to get the vax, now they're saying all kids in America need the vax. And Gavin Newsom saying your kid has to get the jab to go back to school. I don't know what it's going to take. You need naked men running around masturbating in front of your kids. They're already having uh, transvestites in the schools. They're having, uh, they're teaching kids. They have seven, eight, or nine genders. 
They're teaching your kid, your boys, that they may be girls, the girls that may be boys. I don't know how bad does it get have to get. Your kid spends eight, nine months in school and can't read, can't do math, can't find his way around America. There's lots of schools. There's lots of options out there. So uh, if you need options, why don't you just text me at 530-713-1838. We can have a talk. I'll handhold you through some school options in the Yuba Sutter County's area. There's a lot of private schools or good schools. Some of them are Christian based and that's even better because they kids need a moral foundation. I, I did not have a moral foundation. They taught me all the way through the school system at Marysville that I came from a monkey. And when I got out of a school, uh, and when you know, you came from a monkey or think you did, uh, you're one lost dude. And I was, and so I decided to do drugs for a number of years until I met Jesus. So I got all straightened out. Um, I want to read this. Uh, I've been reading this every once in a while. Alexander Hamilton, 1774. He was around 20 years of age when he wrote this. Uh, not many 20-year-olds I know could have written something like this. Because this really it shows a very mature person on the inside. Alexander Ham Hamilton wrote, Is it not better, I ask, to suffer a few present inconveniences than to put yourselves in the way of losing everything that is precious? And then he goes on to say those things that are precious. What do you? What's precious to you? Your car? At that time, there were no cars. So he said, he could have said your horse. The precious things Hamilton's referring to that you're going to lose is your lives, your property, your religion are all at stake. He said, I do my duty. In fact, if you read in Ezekiel, the, in the Bible, just look up the book of Ezekiel and look up the third chapter and then jump on over to the 33rd chapter. And you say, well, I wonder how he came up with his duty at 20 years of age. What is his duty? You can read about it in those three chapters, those two chapters, three and 33. He said, I do my duty. I warn you of your danger. If you should still be so mad, that means uh, screwed up in the head, not angry, but just confused, as to bring destruction upon yourselves, like it's said, he didn't say this, I do, it takes somebody with real brains to build a barn, any jackass can kick one down, and we got a bunch of jackasses in America today kicking the barn down. And he says, if you should be still so mad as to bring destruction upon yourselves, if you should still neglect what you owe to God and man, you could see his philosophy, you cannot plead ignorance in your excuse. Your consciences will reproach you for your folly and your children's children will curse you. Can't you imagine your children's children cursing you? Like, oh yeah, you know, the whole... They read about how dreamy and amazing that America used to be. The kids, read, you know, when they're becoming adults and they thought, wow, uh, my grandpa was living back then or my dad was living back then. And now how'd they let it get so funky? How did we go communist, right? They will have plenty to curse you with. Good for them. We deserve to be cursed. Uh do you remember the days, you remember Ralph Nader and Ralph Nader was this consumer activist and uh, Ralph Nader was always criticizing the auto industry and criticizing this industry. And remember he used to put out a thing called consumer reports. I don't even know whether they put out that anymore to 
to rate the different products we make in America, what's best and what's a great value or what the maintenance, what the maintenance needs were of every car that's sold. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Well, there was this Ralph Nader, right? And so that spurned the, um, the auto industry and other industries to do a lot of research on their cars before they actually rolled them off the assembly line and sold them to people like, would they blow up if they were in a crash or would they catch on fire or, or could the, could the transmission lock up or could this happen or could that happen? Right. They do all these tests and they would do tests when they'd put dummies in them and run them into a concrete wall while they filmed them to watch what would happen to the dummy inside the uh, or the mannequin inside the car right they do all these crash tests well it's amazing i don't know what you've heard about down well first of all we started hearing because i've been talking to some old firefighter fighter friends that are retired about how incredible it is that these electric vehicles are catching on fire and when they are caught on fire when they uh, ignite for whatever reason whether it's just some malfunction of the car or whether somebody lights them on fire, a form of vandalism. It's very difficult to put the car fire out and there's a lot of toxic uh, products in it. So when I was a chaplain for Yuba city fire, we went on, I I was going to say constant fires, but there were quite a few car fires. I would say in a year, there were more car fires by far than there were house fires, residential structure fires. And, and how do car fires, I don't know. It could happen by somebody being mad at somebody and torching the thing. Or sometimes if you get a gas leak on your engine or some oil will ignite, it gets so hot and there's oil leakage on the engine. If it ignites, then the car catches on fire, right? And we've seen that. All of us have seen car fires. Well, the fire department would roll right up there and just knock it down. Boom. They'd knock it down pretty quick. But the electric vehicle fires are taking up to 5,000 gallons. Now, when the, when the uh, fire truck shows up, they have 500 gallons in a tank inside that unit that they can just start blasting right off the truck before they even hook up to a hydrant, right? Well, that, that's impossible because it's taking 4,500 to 5,000 gallons of water or anti inflammatories right chemicals in the water they put chemicals in the water to knock the fire down better and it's taken hours and hours and hours to solve one car's problem now wouldn't you think that the car builders would have checked all these things out before they rolled them off the assembly line fire chiefs are complaining around the country well here's what's happened lately because we haven't had a lot of these teslas for instance tested by getting submerged in water or getting waterlogged or trying to drive through some deep water and they catch on fire. The batteries catch on fire because somehow it's there's a it says here Rick Scott, who's the senator from the state of Florida. He's demanding action for the Department of Transportation and the vehicle makers as the ticking time bombs created by salt water interacting with electric vehicle batteries is draining the resources of first responders. Now, I don't know whether we'll have that problem here in Northern California. We're not on the coast, but down there where Ian hit, they're all down there in Florida. They they got big time salt water all over the place. So in a letter, Scott wrote, the emerging threat has forced local fire departments to divert resources away from hurricane recovery to control and contain 
these dangerous car fires. So he is demanding help from the Department of Transportation, including Tesla, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. After several fires involving electric vehicles transpired in connection with Hurricane Ian, or if you want to say Ian, some people are calling it Ian. So this is a big deal. Don't you think with a thousand pounds of batteries in these cars that they would have done some sort of special testing to to provide their results to state fire marshals on how to put out these fires. So Senator Scott writes, the state fire marshal's office is in need of immediate guidance regarding their response to fires produced by electric vehicles. Now, is this another result of Democrat-led baloney where they say, oh, we're all going to go electric vehicle, and then they turn around and say, well, but you can't charge them because we don't have enough electricity. Right. That's a Democrat thing. Like we're going to have hot dogs for dinner, but we don't know where to buy the hot dogs. (laughs) That's how Democrats think. So what's happened is we have lithium batteries corroded by salt water. And when that corrosion takes place, it can set off an explosion and a fire. Now, don't you think that the national what do they call it? National Health Transportation safety board or something like that it's nh here it is national highway traffic safety administration i had a friend from yuba city that used to sit on that board national highway traffic safety administration nhtsa so uh they they're trying to nh TSA said it is aware of multiple fires involving Tesla vehicles, according to their letter back. Electric vehicles were seen catching on fire in Florida after becoming waterlogged during the hurricane. So here we are. We have the state of the art, supposedly vehicles in California. The governor's saying you can't plug them in because we don't have enough power to keep everything else going. Plus plug in thousands of vehicles, right? And really, they they are still in far, far minority. There's just a handful of th- a few thousand vehicles out there. We're not talking about millions of vehicles out there that are electric. But everything that's electric, don't you know, I have an electric toothbrush. I don't have many electric things, but my computer is all plugged in all the time. Then I blo- But I, I try to keep it low because I don't want to keep people from getting to drive their car. So Newsom says in August, California... Uh, He said this August uh, declared that all new vehicles sold in California must be zero emission by 2035. Now, either there's going to be a either Jesus is going to cause fossil fuel cars to have zero emission or we're going to be having all electric vehicles by 2035. But I'm going to have come to pass by then. So I'm not going to have to even write an article or talk about it by then. Somebody else is going to have to pick it, pick it up. So, uh, okay, I wanted wanted to let you know about that. So I would definitely not buy an electric car. They're a total loser. In fact, about 20%, I'm told, of electric car owners are trading in their electric cars and turning back to fossil fuels. Now, if you've, you know, I drive down to San Francisco every once in a while to jump on a plane and fly to Vietnam or thereabouts, Cambodia, Vietnam, somewhere over there. And... I have gotten involved in some traffic jams down there that took hours to get out of. 
not because somebody did anything wrong. There were just a lot of cars needing to get out of town. And, uh, and I have been grateful that my car was full, baby, full. And usually as soon as I leave the car lot where I'm parked, when I pick up my car after flying back from Vietnam, I fill it to the top because I know that I may be sitting on that freeway idling away, idling away for hours. And I'm telling you, these electric cars cannot do that, cannot do that. So let me let me uh, cover some. Uh, I've been following deaths and destruction. I, I, I may have mentioned this last week, but I was talking to somebody this week who said that four or five of their loved ones died uh, from the jab after they took the jab and that all their loved ones, the rest of her family, no one died over this last year or so. And none of them took the jab. That's just anecdotal evidence. We were talking about it. She wanted my help to straighten out some financial situations, and we got to talking about the jab. So I've been following articles that talked about people dying. Now, the media, as you know, is pro-jab and pro-Fauci and pro-Biden, so they're not going to be telling you the truth. And what I want you to do is use your common sense, right? So I've asked over and over, week after week, do you know of any kids when you went to high school or college that were athletes or just healthy kids? I'm not talking about somebody who was born with severe uh, uh, developmental defects, right? Or they had a bad heart they were born with. I'm talking about just regular folks that are healthy, all of a sudden just drop dead. Not drug overdoses, just drop dead and they can't figure out what in the world. So uh, there are literally weekly, there's people all over the world dropping dead of uh, all kinds of ailments that those aged people should not have. So the title here is former NBA player Caleb Swanigan dead at 25. Now, most NBA players are just getting warmed up at 25. Caleb Swanigan, he's a former First-round NBA draft pick and Purdue University first-team consensus All-American has died at 25. What happened? His family confirmed his death. It's, it's been attributed to natural causes. Now, people, that is just ridiculous. That is ridiculous. According to the Allen County Coroner's Office, uh, said Caleb was a— very thoughtful and gentle soul who excelled both on and off the court. He made a huge difference in everybody's lives that he touched and he will greatly be missed. It's not, he's not a doper. He's not a gangbanger. He's not, he's not uh, getting smashed on alcohol and beating up women. Right. So the young star was drafted first round 2017 NBA by Portland trailblazers selected 26th in the entire nation. He was named first team in the NBA summer league. That's amazing. He was chosen to the first team 2017 NBA Summer League, played two seasons before being traded to the Sacramento Kings. He later returned to the Trailblazers before being released after the 2020 season. Didn't say he had cancer, had part problems. He, you know, his knees were bad. Didn't say anything about this in in this article. Fine guy, great character, fine guy, drop and and he's dead. 25 years of age, people. I didn't have anybody, young people like that, die unless they drug overdose back in my time. Or they got killed in Vietnam or got killed in a car accident. But just dropping dead as a young person, forget about it. 
This is another artist collapses on stage. You've been seeing the artist collapsing and dying on stage. They have it on YouTube. You can't deny that, folks. You can you can deny the cause. You can be fraudulent about the cause. So there's a guy. I don't know who he is. I I I've read the article a number of times. His artist uh, Mikabin, that's what he goes by, was performing in France over the weekend when he walked across the stage, suddenly collapsed and died. He was 41. Now, how many 41 year olds just die suddenly? Uh, he's a Haitian singer. He was born Michael Benjamin. Uh, changed his name to Micah Ben, who, uh, stage name, made an appearance at the Acor Arena in Paris uh, as a guest of Haitian group Karami. In a clip that surfaced on social media, Micah Ben finished his set, walked off the stage when he suddenly, while he was walking off the stage, collapsed in front of thousands of fans. This isn't rumor, people. This was videoed. He dropped on stage just like comedians have collapsed on stage and died. All kinds of people are dying. Uh, said former Haitian premier Jean-Henri Kayant praised Micah Ben as one of the most talented artists of his generation. Micah Ben was ex- expecting his third child with his wife, Vanessa. Like, wasn't a, a meth addict, a heroin addict, wasn't any of those things. Um they asked for people to pray for them. Why don't you just think about that? So people are dying left and right. Do you think the government's taking any responsibility? Nope. They're like the two bears in the Larson cartoon. You ever seen those two bears in the Larson cartoon, both standing on their hind legs? And you're looking through a scope with the X on the end, and you're looking at the two bears, and the one bear is looking at the other the one bear is looking in the scope and pointing at the other bear saying, shoot him. That's exactly what's going on in our boards of supervisors, our city council, our state government, and our federal government. Everybody is running for cover and said, blame them. You know what we lack? I was talking to somebody today, and I was mentioning it. What we really lack is some of the children of the supervisors to drop dead. That's the only way we're going to get any uh, concern from them. In other words, if their children are okay, they don't give a damn about your kids. That was just like a dirty Dan Flores when I questioned whether the Sutter Buttes Little League should be masking uh, those uh, Little Leaguers. He attacked me as being against Little League and against volunteerism, which I've done more of both than him. Uh, I could teach him a thing or two. And I'm not into masks. I never was into masks. I knew they were fraud from the beginning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the government is not going to take any responsibility, and they're going to deny, just like the just like the military denied that Agent Orange was killing people during Vietnam, and they denied it for decades until most of those folks got diseased and died and then they started saying, well, maybe it might have done something. Yeah, we can kick down some money to some of the survivors, right? Agent Orange. We're going to be right back. we got uh, four more segments to go. smart scientist backed by big money and very powerful people 
I'm even a scientist that wears a lab coat, so you can trust me. We have developed something that will give you immunity to a pretty nasty disease. Complete immunity. So we're pretty proud of it. Okay, I'll just I'll just give them I'll give them an update. Okay. Okay, so what we have developed won't give you complete immunity. I mean, that's crazy. Um, but it will keep you from getting sick. Like really sick, hospitalized sick. So Okay, but they're gonna start to wonder about this if I Okay, I'll just I'll update again. Just Okay, you could get hospitalized sick. Uh, so that's not good. Um, but that would be rare. I mean, that's not, like, that would just be a random. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't I don't know if I want to do this. I think someone else could, could do this, do the update. No? Just, I'm, I'm the one? Okay. Um, okay. Um, people that are taking it uh, are being hospitalized. So... We've got another dose to give you. We're just gonna give you an, another dose and you should be good, okay? I think someone else could do this. I don't know why I'm the guy that always has to give the update. I mean, Sydney over here, you could give the update. Tony, Tony could give the update too. Tony, you're not, no, not nothing from you. Okay, fine. Okay, so we've got a, we got a tablet in the works. It's a little tablet, you take it. Put it on your tongue. It might be one, might be two. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, 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 but you take that when you start to not feel good. Uh, tablets, tablets are on the way. Okay. Have we done long-term studies on this? Anybody? Can we mention natural immunity or is that just, it's not allowed? Okay. Um, so that's it. That's it for us. Uh, hang in there. Uh, until next time. Why do you think there is no push for doing uh, more recycling of these materials? Cost to recycle is uh, generally upwards of, you know, $30 a panel. I think in many instances they think of it as something akin to copper cabling or aluminum cans, where it's something that just easily recycled. Aluminum you can take, you can shred, you can crush, you can heat up, you can smelt, and you can form a raw block of aluminum and it can go right back into reuse. And there's enough value in that material that you could take it to little to no cost. A solar panel, as I mentioned, can cost upwards of $30 a panel to dismantle, to sever, to shred, to mill, to undergo secondary chemical or thermal processing, to separate out, you know, the metals. And what you get back is somewhere between two and four dollars in aluminum, copper, glass, lead, silicon, silver, and tin. It's a loss. There, there does need to be something to subsidize that processing. Otherwise, we will end up with a lot of these in the landfill, right? Correct. You talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other how to dislike each other that's pretty much what it's gonna, that's pretty much i don't care what say it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to you're going to deliberately teach kids this white kid right here got it better than you because he white you're going to purposely tell a white kid oh the black people are all down and suppressed how do i have two medical degrees if i'm sitting here oppressed how do i get first of all let, sign up because i only got five minutes now not five minutes two medical degrees no mom no dad in the house work my way through college sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college you're going to tell me somebody look like all y'all white folks Kept me from doing that? 
Are you serious? What's sickening about this whole thing and what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no, oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Uh, this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Their character, not their skin. If they letting this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February come, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February come, don't talk about black history. Mother of y'all gonna sit there and just pee, must pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. When it all comes down to it, the person that's gonna be suffering from this, the ones that's gonna be hurt from this, is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, who fault is it gonna be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing this stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. Creative Light Theater presents Comfort and Joy. The Wright family, with their four lovely daughters, are celebrating the most magical Christmas of all before the oldest one leaves the nest to be married. Jump forward 17 years. The Civil War is in full swing. Husbands and cousins and servants alike are off fighting for the Union. Christmas looks entirely different now. No decorations, no presents, no celebrations. But what they do have is family, love, and traditions that recall the most beautiful gift of all. God's baby son come to earth, the pure heart of Christmas. This original musical will stir hearts with the power of love and family when life becomes overwhelming and self-care is vital to carrying on. Join us December 9th through 13th at 7 p.m. nightly at the Embassy Theater at Glad Tidings in Yuba City. Admission is free. getting some signs out this week for Kevin Kiley. He's the guy we're hoping he's an assembly person or assemblyman just south of us here. He does not represent Yuba or Sutter County, but we we know him as the only real hardworking uh, assembly person we have in the state of California on the conservative side. So we've been donating to him, hoping that he can uh, get a uh, elected to the House of Representatives or the United States Congress, either way, same, same. So he's running, and uh, he's representing just a little bit of Yuba County up in the hills, so we've been trying to get some signs up there. 
And unfortunately, where I live in the flatland, I wish you could file and get get an exemption to move, you know, to stay in the same spot you live, but be represented by somebody else because we got a slug that is representing us by the name of Doug LaMalfa back in Congress who uh, shows up for fundraisers along with Gallagher and and Nielsen. They show up for all their fundraisers, but they never throw down seriously against anybody. So Kylie, he's been writing blogs for quite a while now, and I kind of ran on to him during the uh, COVID uh, fraud, and so he was blogging about that all the time. And so this blog is called Our Closing Argument. So if you can donate, you say, oh, well, I'm, uh, you know, if you may think I'm not in this district, so I get a little buy on donating to him. I want you to think about the fact that many of the people that are really effective Congress people and senators don't belong to California. And unless you're willing to donate to the ones who are doing effective work around the country, you're going to lose them, too, and have nobody to represent you. So if you don't have anybody here at home to represent you properly, you should support people outside your district as they say so i've supported financially kylie in talking about him uh we've tried to get him to events here and i've sent some money over there so he says we are three weeks from election day and last night on fox news interviewed by steve hilton i previewed my closing argument in other words like in court they do a closing argument So he said the 2022 midterm elections are a referendum on the historic failures of the Biden and Nancy Pelosi Congress. On Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's Congress and our race for the House of Representatives, the high stakes battle for a rare open seat presents this choice as clearly as any in the country. I launched my campaign by vowing to fight Biden and Pelosi's radical agenda just as hard as I fought Newsom and the supermajority as a our opponent, Kermit Jones, launched his his campaign by vowing to keep Pelosi and the House Democrats in power so they can make even more changes to our culture. That is the simple choice. Go further down the road we're on or move in a new direction. Here are five reasons for all voters, Republican, Democrat, or Independent, to vote for the new direction. First, Biden-Pelosi-Kermit agenda of even more changes means higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, more illegal border crossings, and even more crime. There's an indisputable cause and effect relationship between these policies of the last two years and the declining strength, vitality, and quality of life in in our country. Second, the Biden-Pelosi-Kermit agenda aims to make our politics even more one-sided. We have one-party rule in Washington and one-party rule in Sacramento. That has resulted, what has resulted is, is ever more extreme policies, a total lack of accountability, and the highest level of public dissatisfaction on record. Number three, the Biden-Pelosi-Kermit agenda serves special interests rather than the public interests. That's why they shut down our schools harmed millions of kids in defiance of all data and common sense. That's why they're trying to nationalize AB5, which stole the livelihoods of California's freelance workers as a payoff to wealthy persons. You remember, that's the gig law, that if you want to get a little side job and get a little side business going after you finish your 40, 60 hours you work for somebody else, it's illegal almost to do that anymore in California, AB5. That's a freelance for freelancers, what we call gig. Got a little gig on the side. Fourth, the Biden 
Pelosi Kerman agenda is rooted in division. After uh, pledging to unify the country, Biden has demonized the opposition party unlike any president in American history. Kermit has followed this example with fear-mongering ads that even the Sacramento Bee called false. And finally, number five, the Biden Pelosi Kermit agenda seeks to normalize the government control of the last three years. Newsom gave the game away on April 1, 2020, when he declared the coronavirus an opportunity for a new progressive era predicated on expanding government and reducing our freedoms. In sum, the Bison Pelosi Kermit agenda takes Newsom at his word when he says California is a model for the nation. We, of course, know that California is anything but a model for the nation. It is a warning to the nation. We now have the chance to sound that warning from sea to shining sea and turn this Biden-Pelosi-Kermit agenda on its head. Here's what I want to do. I want to stop inflation, secure the border, reduce crime, and put parents in charge of their own children's education. I want to restore balance, oversight, and accountability to our government so that it truly serves the people. Finally, bringing our country together around America's founding ideals as we turn the page on this era of government control and return power to local communities and their citizens. I believe our state and country are worth fighting for. I know you do as well. It is an honor to be in the fight with you. It would be an honor to serve you in Congress. And I feel the same way. I want to give the boy a chance. And so uh, if you could send him uh, Kevin Kiley, K-E-V-I-N-K-I-L-E-Y. Very simple. So, uh, all right. If if you're looking for signs and you're up in, up in the Yuba County, I just sent a bunch up there with John Missler this morning. And um, so he took about 15 or so. And I don't know whether there's any more around town or not, but if you need signs, you can text me at 530-713-1838. Now, if you are wondering whether there's much of a difference between conservatives and, and liberals or the left or the right or the left, I don't use the term Republican too much in California because it doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, so... Uh, Anyway, uh, well, let me just say this. There's a gal that runs the Republican. Oh, by the way, let me just say this about the Republican Party in California. I may have said this last week, but forgive me. Uh, the point is still relevant. So the ballots have been in people's hands now for over a week, more than a week. In other words, people could have voted. They could have did their ballot and mailed it in, did their ballot, handed it in, did their ballot. In other words, marked it, and they could physically hand it in at the polls. So many options, right? Don't you think that if you're trying to persuade the population or educate the population to vote a certain way or vote for a certain person, that you would get your literature explaining about that person or that policy or that way out to them so they have time to read it and think about it and uh, chew on it, chew their cud, and talk to their friends about it, and then vote. So after I had my ballot, and I already blank, I not that I would change because I knew what I was doing, I, I opened my ballot, and I just went ahead and just marked everything, 
and set it aside. Two or three days later, I get a mailer from the Republican, the California Republican Party. And you know what it was? It was trying to convince me to vote. Now, I did. I don't I get my mail all the time. This isn't an accumulation of mail that laid around somewhere in the post office. I got it in a prop the same day they put it in there. I got it. It was a list of how to vote for the various propositions from the California Republican Party. You think that made me happy? I, I haven't given I can't remember when I gave any money to the Republican Party. Have I given to candidates all the time? Give to candidates. Why don't I give the Republican Party? Because it's not really conservative and they're incompetent. And they're led by an incompetent woman by the name of Jessica Patterson. And you know what I hear about her every time I say, what in the world has that woman done? You know what they always say? She's a big fundraiser. I thought, well, why don't they let people, why don't she let people screw them for money, screw her for money? You can make a lot of money doing that. So is that what we want as a prostitute to run the conservative party? Is it, is it like, oh, that's your skill? Fundraising? That's your skill? That's it? What do you actually stand for, believe, right? So what a, what a disaster. So this week, I notice Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor once before and lost. She thought she won, but they say she lost. And now she's running. She just is in, involved in debates with the current governor she lost to. And uh, she has come out and said um, she's a major figure in Georgia, by the way. She's just not a candidate for governor. She's a major figure in raising money for the Democrat candidates and getting people to vote. She's black. So she's working hard on those black folks down there because in the past they voted racist. They vote like 95 to 97 percent black. It's like doesn't matter what the folks did. They just, if they're the right right flavor, they're going to get their vote. So uh, Stacey Abrams, this is is amazing. This is how far apart we are in this country. Now, let me back. I want to talk about abortion for something because she brought it up. She she said this about abortion. She said that we could fight inflation by killing babies. I'm going to say that again. We have a political candidate that says we need to abort our babies to stop inflation, to slow down inflation. She said, having children is why you're worried about your price of gas. In other words, if you didn't have any kids, you wouldn't be running them around. It's why you're concerned about how much the food costs are. In other words, if you don't have anybody to feed, you just have to feed. You can get the $1 taco and feed yourself. In other words, you don't, if you don't have any kids, you don't have any food costs. In other words, instead of dealing with the f- cost of food, instead of dealing with the cost of gas, she just said, let's just kill the kids. I'm telling you, this is what she said with quotes around it. She says, for women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce carrying an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having that child. In other words, Maybe you have an unwanted child, you didn't plan on it, but you're going to raise it, and she says it's going to cost you money, and that's and therefore you're going to have the impact of inflation on you. 
So that's good reason to go get an abortion. I guess many people have criticized Abrams saying that ending pregnancies would help solve inflation. Can you imagine? And this person almost became governor of Georgia. Ted Cruz says this is despicable. I can't believe this needs to be said, but ending a human life is not the solution for inflation. Tom Fitton with Justice Watch or Judicial, Ju- Ju- Judicial Watch describes it as a culture of death. Now, if you don't know much about history, which I don't blame you, the, the way they teach history in school is uber boring. But I've, I've uh, begun to dip into history since on my own. And uh, let's see, what was I going to tell you about this? So this is what I'm going to tell you. So much of abortion, I've been aware of wide open abortion since the mid 80s and have been trying to work against the the openness of abortion and the willingness for people to kill their kids. For many women and for many doctors who justify doing abortions, it's it they talk about convenience and ruining the person's future and uh, their opportunities and all that kind of stuff. It, it wasn't in a, they didn't need to abort the child because the child was dead in the womb or the child was severely deformed. Uh, it was about this woman did not want to have this child. It wasn't the right timing for. Her. If you go back in history, there's something devilish, and I mean literally devilish, about the tendency of humans in different cultures to purge and kill their children. And I don't have time to do a whole show on it today, but there were various in very, and we're talking about not just a couple cultures. We're talking about worldwide, different cultures where people were trying to appease the demons. They believed in the underworld, the, the unseen world. They believed in the, the evil world demons. And I used to talk to the Hmong about this. The Hmong people, H-M-O-N-G, from Southeast Asia and Southern China. And the ones who follow the shaman, uh, shaman, shaman, they believed that they had to deal with the demons and they were constantly killing off their assets or throwing hundred dollar bills in the air and lighting them on fire because they would always be sacrificing their pigs, their chickens, and all their other creatures and letting out their blood to do a number of things, have a good harvest, have a good planting, have a child, become pregnant, all those kind of things. They were sacrificing all the assets. So the Hmong were some of the poorest of the poor because they were constantly appeasing demonic spirits. The same thing happened. You can read it all the way through the Bible. Uh, Different cultures uh, sacrificed kids in the fire. They burned them to death. They, they, there were various uh, terms in different cultures for the same demon god. One was Molech, M-O-L-E-C-H. And people took their newborn children and didn't uh, abort them. They, they birthed them. And then they laid them into the stone hands or bronze hands of this idol 
that had a fire going underneath, just like putting them on the grill of the barbecue pit, and they burned them to death. And they did it by the millions. And because of that, God became so infuriated because Israel got caught up in it uh, that he, he punished Israel for, for taking innocent blood. Now, we've been taking innocent blood left and right and left and right in this country, 50 million kids and growing every single day. And uh, so now uh, we're faced with the same thing of people like Stacey Abrams blaming children for inflation. Instead of the government, any economist will tell you printing huge amounts of money and putting restrictions on the economy and stopping fossil fuels and, and becoming dependent on other countries will drive inflation through the roof that's exactly what's happened it's been a conscious it's been a conscious policy decision by the biden administration and now we have these leading democrat politicians endorsing it and putting it back on families that if that really if you would appease the biden demon god by killing your child that would help inflation it's the same nonsense when they talked about COVID that even though the shot may be dangerous, you should take it for the sake of society. That is crazy, people. That's insanity talk. That's uh, people talking that's like been on drugs. That's people talking that are deceived and they don't have any moral compass. They don't have a moral plumb line in, in, their, in their lives. Uh, from which they make decisions. Now that's St- Stacey Abrams, and she is lost in space, baby. Uh, so we have some clips uh, about some of these things. I won't. I'm not going to talk about them because uh, I don't want to waste time talking about things that others can do better. So this Isaac Shore, S C H O O S C H O R, and Brittany Bernstein wrote an article. And uh, one of the quotes from their article is that Fauci has become a symbol for many of all that was wrong with the public policy response to the pandemic. Fauci has become a symbol for many of all that has that has gone wrong with the public policy response to the pandemic. Okay, so we have, as I started off the show today talking to you about government officials running for the uh, closet to hide or to hide under the couch because they don't want to be shackled or collared with the fact that they, at their hands, many, many kids were damaged, brain damaged, heart damaged, adults died, tens of thousands died in rest homes for no, no reason. Just because it was bad public policy. We'll be right back for our fourth There's a fight now about CRT, critical race theory. No, 
CRT argues that racism is endemic to America, that every American institution exists to uphold white supremacy. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Rutgers professor Brittany Cooper promotes CRT. Look, I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? They, they actually aren't mad because critical race theory is just a theory. They are mad because critical race theory is an accurate account of American history. These parents call CRT racial propaganda and don't want it taught in schools. I will ban critical race theory. Glenn Youngkin was elected governor of Virginia after opposing it while media mocked him. I'm gonna ban critical race theory. That is like us banning the ghosts. CRT is not taught in schools, they say. There are no ghosts. There isn't critical race theory taught. This is a multi-million dollar industry. Azra Namani did what more journalists should do. She filed Freedom of Information Act requests that forced school districts to reveal that they're paying consultants to spread critical race theory. I have the proof. We found 300 plus contracts and counting, like every day I'm getting a new contract. For them to deny it is just part of their campaign. But that's just for teachers, says the CNN guest. Can it influence the way that some teachers teach? Uh, yeah, but that's a good thing, right? Because race and racism is literally the building box of this country. They want to look at all of society through issues of race. Nomani calls that propaganda that's claiming our children. How is it claiming the children? That's exaggeration. This idea that we have of critical race theory has become this phenomena of woke baby. Books like these are now part of the curriculum. Can I see that? Yeah. This one is A is for activist. Each letter promotes a different form of protest. And is for no, 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 no. Yes to what we want. Educate, organize. It's like a union recruiting manual. Yeah. Is this really taught in schools? It is used in our schools. Like every example that I have is from our K through 12 system. This book's supposed to teach kindergarten kids about America's violent white supremacy. Dude, we can see your pointy tail. Contract, binding you to whiteness, you get stolen land, sign away your soul. So white people are the devil. Yeah. You know, that's pretty over the top. But look, how much influence does this author have on school kids? One or two books like this. I think it's devastating. I mean, just imagine if a black child was to get a book like this that said blackness is a bad deal. The author says, I made a book for white children that encourages them to connect with their heartbreak about racism. It's filled with shame. It should not be done with children. Your um, time is up, ma'am. You all Your time is up, ma'am. Nomani fights a lonely fight against her woke school board. Down. Next speaker. Continue to Next shut us down. Next speaker. They have tried to humiliate us, shut us up, uh, denigrate us. School boards don't like parents criticizing them, nor do teachers' unions. Teaching the truth is not radical or wrong. That was the message today from the president of one of the largest teachers' unions. Teaching the truth is not wrong. And America has a history of racism. Yeah, we have to confront it. But America does not have a monopoly on racism. I come from a nation of people of, quote, color, and they are racist to each other. India, where she was born, has long had a caste system. 
Untouchables can't use this public well because even their touch would pollute the water. Slavery began in the Middle East and thrived in Africa long before slaves were brought to America. And it was actually Americans who helped end the practice. But today, many college students think America invented slavery. It says F America with the KKK in it. This poster was put up in a Los Angeles school. This is now state-sponsored indoctrination. It's not indoctrination, they say. It's just trying to make things more tolerant for people. It is a bigotry that they are teaching and a shaming that they're doing of our children. It's just so immoral. I am a brown Muslim woman, an immigrant in America, and I know more freedoms in this country than I could in any Muslim country in the world. But they're not in a Muslim country, they're in America, and there is still racism here. But to suggest that this is all of America is as racist and bigoted as it is to be racist and bigoted against people of color. Government officials, school systems are captured by this extreme and sometimes idiotic philosophy? They are. And that's what everybody has to understand. Like, why should every single person care? Because it's the taxpayers that are funding this. This is state-sponsored indoctrination. One solution is school choice. Let parents take their tax money to a school they choose. Right now, most choices are made by people like the teachers' union. Yeah, getting older is rough. You know, I had to do adult things. I had to go for a physical. Yeah. During the physical, the doctor asked me, he goes, are you and your wife planning on having children? And I said, we talked about it. And he goes, well, if you want your wife to have a successful pregnancy, no complications, no health issues with the baby, my recommendation is you stop smoking pot. So I've decided I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> His whole thing was, he goes, Gary, if you're smoking pot, your sperm might not fertilize your wife's egg. Like, according to him, my sperm might be on the way to the egg and then just be like, what's that? <laughs> Is that McDonald's? Because I'm pretty hungry right now. I want to give uh, <clears throat> a couple comments here about folks that are helping us stay on the air, KMYC air, or stay on the internet. That'd be No Hostages Radio. And that is uh, the guys over at thriftyrooter.net, the guys and the ladies. It is a co-ed operation. Thriftyrooter.net serves Northern California. They're based in, in Sutter County, but they're all over Yuba, Sutter Heavy, and then out into the surrounding areas. And they do all kinds of things. Somebody said, oh, I don't think they're like, somebody commented the other day, I think I don't think they do all kinds of plumbing. Well, I'll tell you, I don't, I'm not a specialist in the plumbing profession, but I want you to go over to thriftyrooter.net and look at the list, the menu of things they do. It's kind of like deciding where you want to go eat, and they say, well, what do they have there to eat? 
And they say, I don't know, the menu's like five, six pages long. Like the, the Thai place I just started going to, it's called, it's on 4th Street next to where we do the radio show. It's called the uh, Thai Kitchen. Let's see, Tao Kitchen, Thai Cuisine. And they're, they have page after page after page of menus. So Plumbing Doctor has a big menu of things they do from sending little creatures down down the uh, pipelines to see what's doing, what's crazy down there so they have to fix it, why it's doing what it's doing. They can uh, pump out your septic systems. A lot of plumbing operations don't do that. They don't have the big tank trucks. They can do that. They can help you figure out the leach line problems, the, the lines in and the lines out of your septic system. I used to have be in places where we had septic systems. That's a unique problem that you have to maintain. Plumbing doctor or the uh, thrifty rooter can take care of your business, and they'll do it quick. People told me, like, Lou, they, they were, from the time I called them, they were, like, there in 15 minutes at my house. I thought, that's incredible. So uh, check out their website, thriftyrooter.net. You can actually send them a message, which is pretty cool. You don't even need to dial them up You can if you want to do it in the middle of the night. But they actually, I think, have uh, responders in the middle of the night as well. But you can just send them a message, put down your problem, what you need, the address, the phone number, your name. Boom. Send it over there in the middle of the night if you don't need services in the middle of the night. However, you can dial them up at Old School at 530-673-8201. 673-8201. Not all plumbing operations are the same, and some just are a better deal than others. You get the same job for less money. Don't you like that sound? I want to also mention uh, North Valley Paralegal. I was just on the phone with uh, Nellie Garcia, and, and we were talking about a friend of ours. She was helping them with a probate problem. They got all fouled up with the probate on their grandma, and it's become a frustration among the family members. And she took a look at it and said, well, this, 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 and this is wrong, and we need to fix it. And got them all scored away, at least a scored away on what we need to do to fix it. And she was telling me about it because I referred this fellow, a friend of mine, to her. So uh, also, I was telling her I was going over to meet with the assessor's office at Yuba County regarding some property that the church took over in Marysville. And churches have special tax benefits on their property. So I told her I was going over there. She said, listen, if you need any problems, I understand all about tax-exempt property. So uh, North Valley Paralegal, that's Nellie Garcia I'm talking about, and she knows a lot about a lot of stuff. And so 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City, and she can hook you up. But if you don't want to drive over there and just walk in, you could call and make an appointment. And that will be efficient for everybody involved. So you can dial her up at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. That's North Valley Paralegal. Many, 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 many of the things that you go, you think, oh, I need to go get an attorney. You can. Attorneys will do it. They'll just charge you about $300, $400 an hour. And you could get as fast a deal, nicer people, and uh, less money with North Valley Paralegal. Right down the street from North Valley Paralegal, within a stone's throw, is my favorite auto body place. They fixed up my car, made it look like new, and that's Allen's Auto Body. And I went to them, not because I went around and got bids, because I knew them. I know their integrity. I know the quality of work they do, and they're just super, super nice people. 
that's Kevin and Kelly Clark run it, but they're, it's family run. They have other workers, but their family works there. And they've been doing this for decades. Kevin has been an auto body guy for decades. And so go see Allen's Auto Body. Their last name is Clark, Kevin and Kerry Clark, but it's Allen's Auto Body at Tea Garden at Sutter Street. That's just, you can see North Valley Paralegal from their place, but their place is really flashy. They got a yellow racing stripe around the building, right on the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter. Call them at 530-671-1057, 671-1057, and they will uh, take care of you. That is a landline, so if you, I wouldn't text it if I were you. Probably something will come out and bite you in the face. All right, so I'm going to go down here and uh, get back to what I was talking about. So Isaac Shore and Brittany Bernstein said Fauci has become a symbol for many of all that was wrong with public policy response to pandemic. Do you think it's a a coincidence? You know, the Jews, God's people, God's chosen people didn't believe there was any such a thing as a coincidence. Do you know people tell me that read Hebrew that there's no word in the Hebrew language that means coincidence? like the happenstance, a coincidence. Do you think it's unusual that Fauci retired right about now? And do you think it's unusual that he refuses to tell the 1,000 to 2,000 workers for the National Institute of Health which workers get bonuses and spiffs from the pharmacy industry? Don't you think this is odd? how the the, uh, pharmacy industry gets to keep their own patents now. They work for the government. They get paid for the government, even if they don't perform very well. They get paid by the government. Then they get bonuses, and they can receive the financial benefits of patents, and they can get spiffs from pharmaceutical industry that they're supposed to be checking and overseeing. So so this is about closing schools. And... uh, just checking my phone here. As soon as I start doing something else, it gets busy. So, uh, Fauci says, did you notice that the schools were closed? Did you have kids in school or relatives in school and then they couldn't go to school? And did you, was it confusing to you? Did you think that just the school principal got up and got a bean up her nose or she got a you know pimple on her rear end? and decided to uh, cancel school? Did you actually think it was the government that canceled school? It's amazing how the stories are changing. Oh, well, we didn't didn't tell you you had to get the jab. Maybe he shouldn't have taken the jab. If he didn't didn't want to, he didn't have to take it, right? So this is uh, Fauci saying, and at one point over his career, his COVID career, he said, I had nothing to do. I had nothing to do with closing the schools, according to Anthony Fauci, and keeping them closed. I had nothing to do with it. I swear to God. Remember, I don't know if you went through that phase in school where we all swore to God, even though we didn't even know there was a God. I swear to God, man. Right? He is the nation, Fauci is the nation's highest paid bureaucrat, even higher than Hardeep Singh of Sutter County, who gets almost $700,000 for being a psychiatrist, a shrink. He said, this guy says, well, we've known for a long time that one size fits all shutdowns of businesses and schools to mitigate 
or to stop the spread of COVID was almost certainly too draconian. Fauci, the author of much of the shutdown policy not long ago, said he would have been even more draconian. In other words, he said, man, he said, I would have liked to like do it a lot more intense. Is that amazing to you? However, over this last weekend, he went to his favorite place on television to plead not guilty to take any blame on the school closures that so completely damaged children. That's interesting to me. Nobody wants to take any responsibility. Dr. Mingla Liu, who is is uh, involved over here in Yuba Center, she don't want to take any responsibility. The state of California is not taking any responsibility. Dr. Fauci's not taking it. According to Fauci and Shoren Bernstein, they quote him said he had nothing to do with ensuring that American kids spent months at home suffering irreversible learning loss while their counterparts in Europe returned to the classroom without incident. Unfortunately for Fauci, there's a long trail, they say, of clips and quotes to convict him of not just the original offense, but perjury as well. That's what Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, continues to say. You perjured yourself before Congress. Of course, no one could blame old Fauci for, in March 2020, recommending school closures as a mitigation strategy. Little was known. They say little was known around the United States about the virus at the time. Like, oh, this thing could kill everybody. That's what they were telling us. You remember that? So precautions had to be taken. But then in the summer of 2020, after that school year, after the evidence showed that children were largely just totally immune from the virus— Virus Fauci ends up saying, while there should be general attempt to reopen schools for the next year, that fall, he had some misgivings. He says, however, and I underline however, having said the schools should open, what is paramount is the safety and welfare of the children and their teachers. Do you know what the odds are of a child at school getting COVID and dying? Much lower, much, much, much lower than his chance of arriving at school with his mama in a car. In other words, there's a risk of getting hit by another car. Fauci then submitted that they should open only if you have a very, very, very low level of infection. Have you ever gone to school, any of you out there? You remember those school years when lots of people got the flu or got ringworms or lice or the chicken pox or measles and a bunch of people got it and even some of the teachers got sick and had to you had to have a substitute you ever have a substitute you ever wonder how come we have a substitute man mr jones is sick oh my god was it very very low level of infection we created an entire fiasco out of a nothing burger, as someone once said. Fauci's position was pretty hard to nail down and keep consistent. His position seemed to change, not so much with the science, but with the shifting of political winds. Shore and Bernstein conclude. Fauci contributed to closures, not just by his rhetoric directly relating to schools, but by spending a considerable airtime on television making people feel really afraid of the virus and and the 
the fact that they just didn't have any mitigation strategies. As of late July 2021, Fauci was still suggesting that fully vaccinated Americans should continue to wear masks. Do you remember hearing that? You remember he said, we're going to get back to normal, no masks. You can go back to school. You can go back to the bar. You can go back to your drug classes, your AANA meetings. Just get jabbed. Then he turned around and said, no, 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 you can't do all that still. You got to get jabbed plus do everything else. Remember that? Fauci funded the, Fauci actually funded, do you hear what I said? He provided the funding of the gain-of-function research that likely started the entire pandemic, not in China, but here. He was a slippery advocate of overly draconian measures and apparently learned nothing from the failure of those measures. He then took the golden parachute of a lucrative retirement after having cashed in a big time on the pandemic. What do you mean cashed in big time? That means he's making money off the pandemic and the chemicals and the drugs and the PPE and all the stuff that you're getting. He's getting a kickback. Do you think that's correct? I don't either. Fauci and all the politicians, all of them that got behind this, deserve our resistance, our ire, and our pushback. And if we can get them arrested, we should arrest all of them. We should arrest all of them. This is this is so amazing. Let me let me talk about remember Eric Swalwell who was sleeping with a Chinese female spy? Have to say female. Now Eric is a male, she's a female. So at least he got the gender straight, right? So he has a family, he has a wife and family down here in the Bay Area, and he was uh be, be, he was befriended and this lady helped him with his campaign, uh helped him with money. He ended up helping her have sex. And um, Eric Falwell, like uh, Gary Bradford, who's the uh, Plumas Lake supervisor over here in Yuba County, Gary Bradford fell in love with Zoom, as many supervisors fell in love with Zoom and not having the public in their meetings. In fact, if we wouldn't have protested and twisted their arms, and and stood out in front of their meetings with signs, they probably would have never voluntarily opened the meetings up and put the seats back next to each other instead of 12 feet apart and got rid of all the masks. Gary Bradford even said that the, that the Zoom was better than than offering just meeting in person. He's obviously an idiot. Because many people in Yuba County do not have the type of uh, computer system that they could put Zoom on. And they don't have Zoom on it. And it's not easy to download. Maybe it was for Bradford. Lots of other people needed the app to help figure out how to use the app once it's there. It was a ripoff. 
right? So it says here, Eric Swalwell does not like to go to work in Washington. He lives in California, but he does not like to fly back there. He really loves to travel around the world on your dime. Thanks to San Fran Nan, which is Nancy Pelosi, all he has to do is ask for a proxy. I want you to hold that term, proxy. What's proxy mean? All he has to do is ask for a proxy due to his fear of COVID, and he is allowed to give a proxy to another. In other words, if he's fearful of COVID, he could, he could still vote, and he can let someone else vote in his stead in, in present time in the Congress while he is in outer Slombodia. Says Dem Eric Swalwell, who has submitted the highest, a second highest number of I am unable to physically attend proceedings in the House chamber due to the ongoing public health emergency proxy letters. He delivers this letter saying I'm un- unable to physically attend because of COVID. During that time, he spent $250,000. That's a quarter of a million dollars for you out there in Oliver and Linda on travel and car service in the, in the first nine months of the year. Just in nine months, he spent a quarter of a million dollars on travel and car services. During the pandemic, to explain the proxy letters, the House started offering its members the opportunity to have other members vote for them because of the ongoing public health emergency. That might have been understandable when people were freaked out initially in the early days. You remember flattened the curve? Although I don't think they were ever should have done that that way. But it's been more than two years now. Biden has declared the pandemic only over. And so why are we still doing proxy letters? It's the guy says it's an excuse for people not to show up to do their job and skip out if they have nothing else to do. If they have other things to do. At the last convention, this is a similar situation. Now, that's what's going on and still today in Washington, D.C. You can just call in and have somebody. You don't even have to show up to vote. You can just be sitting on the beach somewhere, kicking back, and just not wanting to travel back to that day. So another similar situation is the California Republican Party, which I'm fascinated with because of the massive waste and and the fact that they have no interest in in, uh, recruiting people to, to join their party. It's interesting in other states, People like Tulsi Gabbard just left the Democrat Party. I don't know whether she joined the conservative party or she's just an independent, but she left. Right? People are changing parties. We'll be right back. year, I was told in one of my so-called equity trainings that white, Christian, able-bodied females currently have the power in our schools and that, quote, 
This has to change. You shut the doors to the public as well as the emails sent by the superintendent last year reminding me that a dissenting opinion is not allowed even to be spoken in my personal life, going so far as to send a form to my colleagues and I encouraging us to fill it out. I quit your policies, I quit your trainings, and I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents, the children. Author Douglas Murray joins us now to react. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. So, Douglas, you can tell she's obviously emotional. She probably doesn't want to leave these kids in that school district without having her teachings, but she's forced to. It's forcing good teachers to leave. What's your reaction? Yeah, uh, this woman, Laura Morris, who's the, the, the teacher we just heard from, who resigned, really should be applauded, I think. It's, it's clear from, from the tape how distressed she is about having to take this decision, but she felt she had to for reasons of conscience. As she, as she says there, you know, it, it, it's a privilege to be a teacher. It's a privilege to help the next generation of young Americans grow up, uh, to think, to be informed, and to be able to go out into the world. And it's clear, as she says to the Loudoun County Board, that, that that's not a priority, actually, uh, uh, to the local uh, school authorities. In fact, in, in, in their priority system, uh, it's things like equity class. She refers there to the, the equity class that says that there is a privilege in being a white, female, able-bodied te Christian teacher and that this has to change. And the thing is, we all have to ask, as she did, why? What's wrong with being a white, Christian, able-bodied female teacher? What's wrong with it? If you're a good teacher, we should celebrate that. Uh, but that's not what's been happening. And so for reasons of conscience, she's decided to resign. And I think people should applaud that. The superintendent, she says also, in addition to the white Christian thing, she said the superintendent sent out an email saying you're not allowed to have a dissenting opinion. There's a picture of the superintendent. And if you do disagree with our district and you even talk about it in your private life, other teachers should snitch on you. And he sent out a form to all the teachers. What about free speech? Why can't you disagree with what they're trying to tell you to teach? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's free speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of belief. They're all just being ridden roughshod over uh, by, uh, by pompous, uh, bloated authorities uh, like this one. Uh, you know, they have no right to tell American teachers uh, that they cannot dissent from this completely newly invented orthodoxy. And this can't be stressed enough. What the Loudoun County Board is doing is a, an, an ideology invented practically yesterday. There is no need for them to roll it out across the entire county or indeed across all of America. And there is every right of Americans, including American teachers, to at the very least raise concerns about this to object to it. But this is, this is something we're going to see a lot more of. We, mean, we need more heroes, and we've just seen one. And at the end, she said, I call on families to flood the private schools. Maybe that's where she'll get her next job. Thank you so much, Douglas, for coming on with us. Connect Incorporated, who built a communication platform called ChineseBrief.com for the Confucius Institute, was incorporated in 2002 in Michigan by Chinese immigrant Eugene Yu, who then went on to create a research and development subsidiary of Connect Incorporated in communist China, registering as a foreign national under his Chinese name with U.S. dollars. 
One week later, Connect in Michigan begins outsourcing to communist China for election software coding. And they begin developing an entire product line of digital election software. In 2014, they were focusing on developing an election backend server subsystem. In 2015, they filed a patent for network voting of absent electorates. This patent was then quickly transferred to a brand new company born out of the CCP's big tech division that specializes in elections. Connect Australia was established by Eugene Yu in 2018 and during the 2020 elections in Queensland, reporting problems were caused by coding resources being locked down in China, revealing that Australia's election software was being written by coders in Wuhan, China. According to a Chinese document entitled International Elite Entrepreneurship, the mission of Connect Incorporated is to become one of the top 50 e-commerce service providers for schools and government in the United States. A communist Chinese company quietly running election software systems out of Michigan. One would normally expect this to be a much bigger story. In November of last year, Connect received a $300,000 grant from Governor Gretchen Whitmer's team. On October 3rd, the New York Times published an article defending Connect entitled How a Tiny Elections Company Became a Conspiracy Theory Target. The next day, Eugene Yu is arrested for suspicion of stealing poll data. He is extradited to Los Angeles, where Connect had a five-year contract with LA County Elections. Prosecutors in Los Angeles claimed that Connect was illegally giving sensitive data to their partners in communist China. George Soros-appointed District Attorney Gascon said the investigation only involved personal information of election workers and would not impact election results. And now, Chinese spy and Connect CEO Eugene Yu's case has been sealed. The corrupt FBI has reportedly vouched for him. He was released from custody, given an electronic tracking bracelet, and scheduled to report back for arraignment on November 17th, well after the U.S. elections. Meanwhile, Connect provides the software for the U.S. military's mail-in ballots. They manage polling campaigns for elections in Australia, Canada, and several areas of the United States. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. This is our fifth segment, and um, let me give a little shout-out here to a couple other people. We've got Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. Operates out of Yuba County, but operates all over Yuba, Sutter counties, and up in the exterior uh, counties surrounding us. we got about 24 counties of the 58 that are up here in Northern California. Big, broad pieces of property not congested like in San Francisco or L.A. or San Diego. Elite Universal Security provides all the security imaginable, from technological security to people driving around, walking around, 
uh, checking in on you, all kinds of things, as well as helping you learn how to handle a gun or chemicals that can protect you. They can brainstorm on who's doing what to you and why and what's going on and how can we stop it. They also are looking for workers. So if you're if you're listening to my show and you're out there in some county called the Abigadula County in Northern California, give Monty a call. Now, here's Monty Hecker's number at Elite Universal Security at 530-749-0280. That's a landline, 749-0280. And they have dispatchers there working basically around the clock, dispatching their employees to keep people safe. And baby, there's never been a time since I've been alive when that wasn't more necessary because the cops do not have the same laws that we used to have just several years back where we could arrest people for stealing. Now they just cite and release them. It's a terrible thing. But they're just carrying out the law. They're law enforcement. They're not law creators. And so elite universal security can give you a hand where the government cannot. So... 530-749-0280. Give them a call. You can also look at their websites at EliteUniversalSecurity.com or API-Academy.com, which is where their training, a lot of their training is done, information and training. So give them a shout-out, okay? And then the plumbing doctor, uh, Ted Holmes, runs a plumbing doctor as well as a couple other business. He has a Ted Holmes construction and lift-off floor removal. If you need any of those things, you can give them a shot. Give them a shout and a shot. Uh, the plumbing doctor is 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. And uh, finally, we got Dave Greenis Construction. He, he had relatives in this weekend. I saw him. He's all kicking back. But I think his crews were working hard at it. He's got a number of crews specializing in kitchen and bath remodel. Can he do other things? Yep, he can. But he's become a little hot number for knocking out kitchens and baths and making them look like a million dollars. So he's not, he's never charged anybody that much, but sometimes people don't want to leave their kitchen or their bath. They just want to sit in there all night, get a sleeping bag, and just camp out in there. It's so impressive. So don't take my word for it. Go online to Greenitz, green with E-T-Z on the end, construction.com. Or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, and you could find some before and after shots there, and he constantly is updating them. He doesn't steal them off the Internet. Those are his jobs and the work of his great sub subcontractors. So you can reach him by dialing or texting 530-682-9602. 530 You got it? Okay. Give him a shout-out. Told him you... Tell them you listened to Live with Lou, and, and maybe they'll give you a deadhead discount. All right, so uh, let's see. I don't know whether I read this after the Roger Helley article. This is by Samuel Adams in 1781. I don't know how old Samuel was then. But usually we think of all these guys as old, 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 old. And a lot of them weren't. And you might be surprised at how long, how young, and how much wisdom some of them had. Samuel Adams in 1781 said, Let each citizen remember 
at the moment he is offering his vote, that he is not making a present or a compliment to please a person, or at least that he ought not to do so, but that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human history for which he is accountable to God and his country. Now, why would Samuel Adams get all lathered up about voting and call it such a unique activity and a solemn trust because where he came from and the generations he was raised in, nobody gave you a say-so. Isn't that amazing? No one gave you a say-so. So that's just something to think about. So I was reading you about Fauci's revisionist history. And... Um, The fact that he funded the gain-of-function research. Now, you, you must have seen articles just right now. I don't know whether it's University of Pittsburgh. Somebody has now got the COVID, they've weaponized the COVID to be, is it 80% fatal? Like, what are these people doing this for? Have you ever asked that? Why are they equipping these nominal COVID viruses that are no big deal to be these destructive ailments. So Fauci funds the gain of function research that will likely start the likely start the pandemic. He was a slippery advocate of overly draconian measures and apparently learned nothing from the failure of those measures. He then took the golden parachute of a lucrative retirement after having cashed in big time on the pandemic. I am not the only one saying this, people. This dude saying he cashed in big time. Finally, his last sentence, was there ever a D.C. bureaucrat more deserving of American ire? I-R-E. You know what ire means? That means being really pissed, furious with him. Ire, gnarly. All right. I'm just. Uh, so let, let's go down here. Uh, let me jump back down here because I think I skipped some things on the Eric Swalwell, Jessica Patterson situation. So you, I mentioned that Eric Swalwell has not wanted to come back to Congress to be normal and to work back here in, in Washington, D.C., or back there in Washington, D.C. And um, so different ones could request, put a written request for a proxy letter, and then they would make sure to include them. It used to be, you know, if you didn't show up to vote at the in the Congress, the House of Representatives, or the Senate, then you couldn't vote. And that was a bummer when it was a real close vote, right? So she says, and he says, why is, is this still going on? She says, it's an excuse for people not to show up to do their job and skip out if they have other things to do. That's what this thing has become back east. And they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, by the way. 
And then they say at the last convention of the California Republican Party, there were more proxies. It's a, it's a very common thing, I guess now, right? There were more proxies cast than live delegates present in the meeting. That was probably at the Republican convention to nominate people for office. This writer says usually about 40% of the vote is cast by proxy. But since the Patterson machine controls the proxy, she stays in the office or in office. The party continues to pay her a quarter of a million dollars a year and still has no actionable bounty program to register voters or to find candidates to run for legislative office. In other words, they don't do anything. It used to be that if you hire some people to go out and get voters, they would actually pay the vote the uh, the solic- for soliciting. They would pay per person to get that person to sign up for for uh, to vote. So it's talking about. Jessica Patterson, the golden girl, right, who knows how to get money. In fact, she used her control proxies to get the CRP endorsement, the California Republican Party endorsement for Rob Bernowski for the Secretary of State, even though he has not raised any money, nor has he campaigned since he got permission to run. Both Swalwell and Patterson understand you do not have to do the work as long as you have proxies to carry out your wishes. You hearing what I'm saying, people? Total, flaky, lazy uh, screw-offs making a quarter of a million dollars a year. It just, it's out of line. Now, I... uh, I talked about this some um, last week, but I don't think I finished it. So I've been talking about Measure A, and uh, that's a um, t- sales tax increase, not of one penny, because that, that's a euphemism. It's 1% on top of, what is it, 7.25% right now in Yuba City and Sutter County? Puts it up over 8%. On every purchase, 8% of that purchase. So if you buy a $100,000 piece of equipment or RV, that's going to cost you another $800 just for that 1%. Now I want to tell you what it's like from you and my perspective. We have, this is from the census people. It says people in this particular survey they took complained of a serious hardship from inflation among 50% of Californians earning under $40,000 a year. Hold on. Let me get my notes. I want to give you some perspective. 500 Sutter County employees make 90,000 and more um, and more. Now they make a lot more than 90,000 now because they've gone through a year more of increases. You know in government they give you automatic pay raises. 850 employees make $53,000 and more working for the county. 
but 500 make 900,000 to 694,000. 450 make 95,000 to 697,000. 400 make 100,000 up to 697,000. 350 employees make 105,000 up to 697,000. Now, I just mentioned to you among 50% of Californians earning under $40,000 a year, among 46% of Latinos, 45% blacks, and among 43% of Californians earning from 40000 to less than 80000 a year, they all say this is a terrible hardship on us. So it says because inflation is a forty is at a forty year high in in the U.S. The highest price increases have been in food, airfare, natural gas, health insurance, tra- public transport. Butter is up thirty two point two percent. Eggs are up thirty point five percent. It's not just eight percent, people. Vegetables have gone up. 16% in 30 days. Fresh and dried vegetables up 15.7% for the month, 40.2% for the year. Grains up 10.7% for the month, 30.4% for the year. Fresh eggs up 16.7% for the month and 97.3% for the year. Baked goods 0.8 tenths percent for the month and 14% for the year. Pasta up 1.1% for the month and 34.1% for the year. Now, they want to add sales tax, more sales tax to all your taxable purchases. That means your gas. Why? Let me just back up and say this. If the supervisors had lost a child to the jab, do you think they'd be endorsing the jab like they are? Or endorsing Dr. Mengelalu? No way. If the supervisors had had to shut down their business as non-essential, do you think they may have been looking for a way out of it for all the population? I think so. But they didn't have those kind of businesses. On and on and on it goes, people. So people that are earning 300, 350,000, 400,000. I got six people from 346,000 to 694,000. That's how much they get paid, psychiatrists. You think we could do without any psychiatrists on the government payroll? You say, oh, no, Lou, we got to, you know, well, if, if things are so bad, and people can't find their own psychiatrist and pay for it? Maybe we could even give them a voucher. What if we just turned over meat, bread, and beer to the government to distribute? You want to trust them with that? Steve Smith makes probably 350000 a year, but he can't do the job on his own, so he hires a health, he, he has, hires an assistant administrator at 252000 probably 260000 now. So between them, we're paying Steve Smith and his assistant almost six hundred thousand dollars. 
Is there anything about that that seems right to you? That seems like a good value to you? So what we have here is, I'm going to look at the historical per capita income or the historical household income. Per capita income in Sutter County, 30,000. This isn't, this is 30,411. You know what the per capita income in in uh, the state is thirty nine thousand nine almost almost ten thousand higher. In the U.S. is thirty five thousand. Sutter County lags behind all of them. That's not the people's fault. For that's not the people's fault. I want to give you. Uh, there was another set of figures I wanted to dial in if I could, but I may not be able to spot them right here. Per capita income in 2019 for Sutter County, 30411 Sutter County median per capita income is $8,982 lower. What you're talking about, so then it goes on here and it says median family income. Median income means it's not an average that you take You take and you spread all your salaries from the lowest to the left to the most expensive to the right, and you pick the salaries that are right dead in the middle. That would be the median. It's not an average. It's just the middle salary amongst all of them. And in 2019, it showed an inflation-adjusted median salaries at 73,000. California is 91,000. U.S. is 80,000. That's quite a ways off the rest of them. And so the Sutter County supervisors, who made hundreds of thousands of dollars individually off COVID, as well as got paid, got their insurance health insurance, got all their benefits, got their retirement. Plus, they run their own businesses. And they want you to pay another 1% tax to pay for people that are making 30000 more than you are. There's 400 people that are making a minimum of 30000 a year over you. Many of them are making... 200,000 more than you, 300,000 more than you, 400, 500, 600,000 more than you. We'll be right back to finish up our last segment. Hold tight.
two milligrams. That's all the fentanyl it takes to be potentially lethal to the average adult in America, according to the US Drug Enforcement Agency. It's killing thousands of Americans and it's flooding into the country. More than 107,000 people in the United States died of drug overdoses and drug poisonings in 2021, according to the CDC. Nearly 70% of those deaths were due to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Research on fentanyl shows it can be 100 times more potent than morphine and 10 to 20 times more potent than heroin. It's not just lethal, it's extremely cheap. A single dose can cost as little as $2, according to some estimates. In the past year, Texas law enforcement alone has seized over 342 million lethal doses of fentanyl. That's enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States. So who's responsible for this crisis plaguing our country? Well, for one, the Biden administration's immigration policies are making the problem even worse. We know that China is sending Mexican cartels precursor chemicals used to make fentanyl. This graph from CBP gives us an idea of what happens next. We routinely get announcements about massive drug busts, but those are just what CBP is apprehending. Far more are getting across unseized because 80 to 90% of Border Patrol agents have been pulled off the lines. CBP seized nearly 13,000 pounds of fentanyl in the 2022 fiscal year and about 11,000 pounds in 2021. Compare that with only about 4,800 pounds seized in 2020 when President Trump was in office. If we want to slow the flow of fentanyl into our community, where it destroys lives and devastates livelihoods, we must immediately secure the border, make clear to the cartels that their business model no longer works here, and empower federal law enforcement to do their job and protect the homeland. A new talking point from Republicans is, are you better off now than you were a couple years ago? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, I am. Paying a little bit more for groceries is a good thing. And it's helped me lose weight. I mean, I've dropped a good 50 pounds since, uh, you know, Biden took office. So I personally like waking up each morning and thinking to myself, could a nuclear war happen today? I mean, could this be the day that it all goes down? And that keeps things pretty exciting. And I understand a lot of people are upset that there's been an increase in fentanyl deaths due to an unsecured border, but people shouldn't do drugs. And I understand they're putting this stuff in stuff that looks like candy, but maybe you should stop eating candy too. When I used to send my kids off to school, they were learning math and science and, and reading and they were just too high energy. And now when they come home from school, they absolutely just hate the color of their skin. And it's, it's a calmer environment, which is good for me. I personally think having to limit family vacations and extra outings uh, because of cost is a good thing. Uh, we're saving the planet, right? I mean, we're doing our part. It was just a short time ago that I would sit just weeping over my laptop at something that someone said that just hurt my feelings. And now they've been banned off the internet. And it's good that way. It's the way China does it. And it's working out for them, so. And yes, we've seen our retirement savings completely plummet, but I've heard that retiring makes people grow older faster. So, so yes, 
yes, we are so much better off than we were a couple of years ago. Great overseas. Meantime, Tommy, President Biden slips again and refers to Kamala Harris as the president again. Listen to this. It was also Kamala's birthday. She turned 30. And happy birthday to a great president. And that's why I asked President Harris to travel to the region last August. President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol. I mean, Tommy, we're at a gaff per day now. This is another in a long line of these Kamala's the president gaff. How long is the mainstream media going to continue to prop this up? Because this is bad. You know, the other countries in the world, speaking of other countries, need to know who our leader is. If you get vaccinated, your chance of ever spreading the infection to somebody else just drops off a cliff. You have saved everybody else because now you're like 90 percent less likely to get infected and to be able to transmit it to anyone else. It's so you don't kill other people. It's so you don't spread it to other people. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. One, two, three, into the boat. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Drinkers left the dough. Ready to make an entrance, so back on it. Before I have to pull the strap off the cut. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Captain and Lone Beach together, man, you know you in trouble. Cause ain't nothing but a cheap thing. Baby, to blow down G, so we're crazy. Death row is All right, let me check on, uh, I have one other project that I work out with Joe Cassidy that I want to talk to you about because everybody has somebody in their life that is addicted to something and they can't figure out how to help them. And sometimes they, they don't even know where to go to get help. It's very frustrating because it's when you're somebody you really care about, or it's a loved one, a family member, just to talk to somebody and to get some direction and some hope and some opportunity is a real relief. And so that's why Dr. Joe Cassidy who works at Peachtree Health in, in uh, Linda and then sometimes up in Live Oak. We have tag teamed. I'm not a doctor. I'm just kind of a logistics guy. But he is a doctor, a general practitioner that also specializes in people who have addiction issues. And we've partnered to get people off the streets or out of their home or from wherever they are and get them off whatever they're on. That's a problem from tobacco to meth, to Xanax, to opiates, all the stuff. So what we're going to ask you to do, I'm going to give you three phone numbers. Write them down. The first one is to call Peachtree Health, and that's a general clearing uh, automatic attendant deal. Keep working your way through. Ask for Dr. Cassidy. And when they say why, like they'll say, oh, what do you, what's your problem? Just say addiction and see whether you can get an appointment and then go to the appointment. And from there, Dr. Cassidy will give you the once over physically and then talk to you about what you think you can pull off or what you're willing to do. And then he will help you. We will help you. He and I get into a rehab. If for some reason it's frustrating or you have a hitch and a get along getting through to Peachtree Health at 749-3242, then I want you to text Dr. Cassidy's number. Now, you may not have a phone you can text with. I just talked to a lady that had an old flip phone. 
And she was having a heck of a time trying to communicate with me to get information she wanted from me. So Dr. Cassidy's individual number, cell number, text it during the day, not at night, and do not blow up his phone during the day, and don't call. Text. It's 530-75, excuse me, 530-682-8648. That's all you need to do is put that in there. If you don't hear back from him fairly quickly, maybe the same day, I'm going to give you my number, and I will get it all started for you, okay? And you can call me or you can text me either way, any time of the night or day, seven days a week. Got it? So my number is 530-713-1838, 713-1838, okay? And I will, I will get you hooked up. Now, that's the group that's uh, supporting us and making life good for us here. And uh, none of us is making any money on this deal. We're just uh, all moving forward, trying to make a difference. Instead of making money, we're trying to make a difference. And uh, I'm going to just, we're getting down to the uh, last portion of our hour or half hour. So I'm just uh, quickly looking here for the the thing I want to just try to punch through. Okay. All righty. There are more and more company leaders, big company leaders, big banks, the government, some of the liberals in the government have been trying to lean on corporate America to not loan money. This is like CalPERS would do. They wouldn't loan money or they wouldn't invest in anything that has to do with climate uh, like fossil fuels or those type of things, the lie of fossil fuels. So um, the liberals in the Senate were trying and in Congress were trying to put pressure on these leading corporation leaders to not invest money or loan money to research and development on oil or any other what they call fossil fuels. And thankful to Jamie Dimon, D-I-M-O-N, he said, no way I'm going to do that. And he wrote an article how it's backwards what they're doing about green energy to look at ways to stopping natural gas, geothermal gas, water, and um, oil, it's going to break the country. Instead of like trying to come up with more thrifty and efficient and less damaging ways to do what I just said with those different resources, and at the same time, see if you can develop the battery thing better, that would be the way, in other words, it needs to be attacked just the opposite of way of the, of the way they're getting, they're trying to get things done. And the fact that more and more people are coming out and saying that climate is nothing. Climate is just changing. Back in the 70s, they were afraid of an ice age. Now they're afraid of a, a cooling t- or a warming time. And uh, 
it's just the wrong approach. And the reason it's the wrong approach isn't just because conservatives look at life differently. The science does not back up or support a, a approach of green energy. I was thinking about it today because I, I, I'm, even though I'm old, I still remember what it was like in school. And, of course, in school, maybe it was just me. I just accepted what the teacher said as the gospel truth, even though I didn't know about the gospel or the truth. I just thought if they said it, then it had been vetted. And, uh, I mean, I didn't even know about the word vet. But it, had, it, was, it was true. They wouldn't, put, they wouldn't tell us something that wasn't true. And, unfortunately, I was mistaken. So they taught us a number of things that weren't true. They taught us that we came from a primordial slime plus time, lots of time. And that, in other words, our forefathers were primates or gorillas or monkeys. I went on from Marysville High School and went to Sac State, and I took a variety of classes there before I dropped out. One was an anthropology 101 class. And they laid out across the table all these heads of these supposed uh, versions of what was going to become a human. None of them were actually heads that anybody had found. They actually were plaster of Paris heads kind of showing what could have been uh, the, de the development from one stage to another. What has happened now? Now we have a school system, a government school system that is pure propaganda. They hate America. And I have a clip about this Harvard student here that uh, has talked about how people just basically hate America, though they're benefits of all the benefits of America. And uh, in in our uh, schools, many don't want to salute the flag, take the Pledge of Allegiance. They teach the kids that they may not be a boy, they may be a girl, or they may not be a girl. I think I'm, you might have, you may actually be a boy in a girl's body. They teach them multiple, I, I listed all the genders last week. They're teaching multiple genders. I At one point, as a parent, do you just think, I'm not going to deal with this my kids coming home like this and have to unravel this nonsense? So we have the fact that we came from a monkey. Then we have the fact that the world will end in 12 years. Now, maybe you have the ability to sort that out or you don't think that's going to happen, but your kid, when it, that kid is told by a, a teacher, a zealous teacher, that they only have 12 years to live, do you think that might get an attention? Most kids don't even think about their parents dying, right? They think their parents are always going to be around. But if they could see into the future, they may know that their parents are going to die in three years. You think that'd get their attention? Yeah. So when you tell a youngster that they're going to die in 12 years, I'm telling you people that is bad for mental health because it's not true and it's it's putting the fear of uh the fear uh of it's an evil fear is what it is 
It's an evil fear. And I just want to say that if your kids are in those schools, uh, they're in a bad place, really bad place. I, my parents, I overheard a few conversations when they were thinking about sending me to, I hadn't been a particularly uh, poor performer or anything in, in grammar school, but when it came to high school, they actually discussed sending me to a military school or a boarding school, one of those type of things. And I didn't really know much about them. And I just knew who my friends were and where they were going to go to school. And so I was wondering. I didn't really give too much input, but they decided to just go, probably maybe out of cost, they decided to go with the government system. The government system in those days was a good, they were good educated, they were good people. There were patriots, there were teachers that were older, uh, that probably at, towards retirement, maybe they were... Uh, they were patri- they certainly were patriots some had fought in world war 2 and uh in general it was a it was a good experience but they taught things that weren't true like they taught evolution and now they they're teaching global warming and they're teaching all kinds of nonsense stuff so uh I want you to, I want to give an example of that. It says, Southern California superintendent defends seventh grade boy. I want you to think about this. Seventh grade, masturbating in front of the classmates. The superintendent claimed it was totally normal. Now, I don't know whether he just heard the part of the deal where the boy masturbated or where he just missed the part. It was in front of the students in the classroom. This is super serious, and there's a clip today I'm playing you about a uh, a trans a transsexual in in a compromising situation in the classroom. Said a California superintendent, Mark McLaughlin of Conejo Valley Unified School District, admonished parents for bringing up the issue during a school board meeting. In other words, he. He complained about parents complaining. McLaughlin disclosed that similar offenses occur at least once a year in their district, which he said normalize the, the incident. I want you to think about your school. I don't ever remember anybody in K through 12 masturbating in class, in front of the class. This was in front of the class, not just like he was trying to hide in the corner. Do you ever remember that? I totally miss that. I never remember anybody talking about it at snack break, lunch break, afternoon break, at the at the workouts for basketball or football. I don't ever remember anybody talking about that. I don't think, McLaughlin says, I don't think any of you want us up here chatting about an issue that took place with your child. I thought, oh, really? I would say that at least once a year this comes up from both males and females within a school setting. And so I don't think this is anything outside the norm. In other words, in that school, the norm, I want you to listen to me, people. This is serious stuff. This is a public, this is a government school, tax-funded government school, seventh grade. This is what we call a middle school. 
And this superintendent or this principal, whatever he is, is saying it's common in this school district for girls and boys to masturbate in front of the other students. McLaughlin issued those remarks in response to testimony of Carrie Burgett, the mother of one of the alleged victims. Victim would be somebody that witnessed that and complained. Burgett shared that her daughter and other classmates alleged witnessing seventh grade boy masturbating while in the class in May. Burgett added that the principal informed district leadership, but she has yet to hear back from the district office all these months. Listen, you think that's weird? It is. That's typical. The women I talk to, the women I, I wish I had a picture of the high school pictures. I wish I had a a high school photo of all the women that talk to me as adult mothers now about Jim Whitaker, who was a health and athletic teacher, uh, PE teacher at Yuba City High School, that he molested them. And you know what they did? They re- they reported it as good students to the administration. And you know what the administration did? Nothing. They did they did make some remarks in the personnel file that we are eventually able to get. They did nothing. Wouldn't it be something if I could get the high school photographs of the girl all the girls that admitted or confessed that he touched their breasts, etc. And published that and says, but the police of Yuba City, the district of Yuba City, hi, and the district attorney of Sutter County did nothing. Just like Mr. McLaughlin, when Burgett went to the, actually, she went to the district office. She said, I only know this because my daughter told me in the car when I picked her up saying her friends were disturbed, traumatized, and scared. I would think they'd be scared, females. Guy pulls his wanker out and starts to do his thing in front of everybody in the seventh grade. Like, where is this going to end up if this is, like, normal? Burgett blamed CVUSD, that's the school system, for the boys' behavior, accusing the district of a lax dress code and exposing junior high students to inappropriate adult topics like oral and anal sex. Do you think, is that what you want? Is you want these teachers of varying moral levels, no morals to some morals, to good morals, to unpack anal and oral sex for your kids? Or do you want to do that? I'd think most parents would, even though it might be a little uncomfortable to tackle. They'd like, and I think most kids would prefer knowing it their parents' perspective because they trust them. My daughter and that boy are victims of this board's approved content and curriculum, and I hold them personally responsible for the social and emotional damage to these children, said Burgett. School board president Karen Sylvester appeared to be unaware of the incident. Unbelievable. Unaware, really? No gossip. No, nobody called her. No heard it through the grapevine. 
She insisted that the teacher and board weren't to blame, saying that it was something that just happened. Parents in the audience challenged Sylvester, claiming she was una- that she was aware of the incident and questioned why law enforcement weren't involved. You know, it's amazing to me. The teaching profession claims they are just the brightest bulbs in our community, and they are some of the most lame, no common sense, stupid, and they just think, oh, well, we'll just handle it here. We don't need to get the police involved. Don't call the police. I mean, here in California, up here in Northern California, we got cops on campus. Makes it really easy. This district actually published an account to counter the general disinformation about the district. Then they switched their Twitter page to private. Finally, a reporter shared a clip of Burgett's testimony and McLaughlin's remarks. McLaughlin's defense of the boys' actions occurred within the context of an already contentious board meeting. (laughs) It's unbelievable. One of the group leaders... Steve Schneider alleged that his eight-year-old daughter was required to watch a video on transgenderism at Maple Elementary. Well, y'all, the time is up, and uh, we will have to catch the rest of life next week. Lord willing, and I'm still around. So have a good week. God bless you. I've green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies are blue. Bright blessed day and the dark sacred night.